0: Tonight, God's word comes to us from First Peter chapter 2. First Peter 2, we are going to begin our reading at verse four and then read just through verse 10 of this chapter. First, Peter chapter 2, beginning at verse 4. What we hear now is God's word. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we continue our study of this letter of Peter, a letter to the churches to give them encouragement. And in the context of that encouragement, uh, Peter calls them to holy living. We saw that in chapter 1, verse 13, Therefore, prepare your minds for action by reminding them of who they are in Jesus Christ and gives this fairly general call, be holy as God is holy. Now, when we get to the next section, beginning at chapter two, verse 11, he's gonna flesh out that call much more specifically, what it means to be holy in our lives. But here, before he gets there, he is again reminding them to encourage them who they are in Jesus Christ. They belong to him, and they belong to his church. And that is the the basis of his encouragement. Who Jesus Christ is, what he has done, and the fact that they are found in him. And the same encouragement that Peter gives to the churches, he gives to us today as well. If you are hurting, if you are anxious, if you are concerned about what lies ahead, remember who Jesus Christ is. And remember that your life is found in him. And in this passage, he is described so beautifully as a cornerstone. Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. We read in verse 6, for it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. Now why, kids, would Peter use this word cornerstone to describe Jesus? Well, I guess you have to know what a cornerstone is and what a cornerstone does when they would build a building and they wanted the walls to be straight and at proper angles, they would find a stone which they would put then in the corner of the building and from that stone, they would build the rest of the structure. And if the, if the sides of that stone were straight, The walls would be straight in the building, and it would stand strong. The cornerstone was the foundation of the building. And so you see why why Peter uses this picture. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, referring to Jesus, a cornerstone chosen and precious. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone on which God's church is built. Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has done, is the foundation of the church. We think when Peter made his confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, on that confession of who Jesus is, he says, I will build my church. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, talks about the, the work of the prophets and the apostles in the church. But Jesus Christ, as the cornerstone, the church is built on Him. That stone, that perfect one, that righteous one, the foundation of the building. We read in verse 4, As you come to Him... A living stone a living stone the church is not built on a dead man the church is not built on a dead prophet on a dead apostle the church is built on a living stone not someone buried somewhere in the ground but the church is built on On Jesus Christ himself, still living, resurrected, reigning in heaven. That is the difference between Christianity and so many other religions out there. They're based on the words of a man. A man who's now dead and gone. The church of Jesus Christ is based on a living stone. The cornerstone chosen by God, chosen and precious to Him. We read that in verse 6, a cornerstone chosen and precious. Again in verse 4, in the sight of God, chosen and precious. God establishes His church on His own Son. Is there anything more precious than that? God does not establish His church on any prophet, on any apostle, on any angel. God establishes His church on His precious, the one in whom He is well pleased. He is the foundation. He is the cornerstone. He is the reason the church exists. And if He is precious to God, He should be precious to us as well. Jesus Christ, that cornerstone, the one who is the king and head of His church, chosen by God Himself, the one who is our Savior, the one who is our Lord, He must be precious to us. Spending time with Him must be precious to us. He is the living stone, God's chosen, God's precious, the one on whom the church is built, Jesus Christ, chosen by God. Now that, that probably doesn't surprise us too much, that Jesus Christ is that one chosen by God, Jesus Christ is that one precious by God, Jesus Christ is that living stone, on whom the church is built. But what is surprising in this text is the way Peter describes the members of the church. He says in verse 5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up. The same type of language used to describe Jesus Christ, used to describe the cornerstone, used to describe the head of the church. The same type of language used to describe us. You, yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Again in verse 9, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. Yes, Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. But Jesus Christ is building His church through living stones. We as His people are being built up. And He uses these beautiful pictures. You are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. A chosen race. Just as Jesus Christ was God's chosen son, was God's chosen cornerstone, and precious to him. He uses the same language to describe us. We are those who are chosen by God. We are those who are precious to him. Remember, he's trying to give encouragement to the church. And he reminds them who they are in Christ Jesus you are those chosen by god you are those precious to god you are those being built up into a spiritual house god as a as a skilled craftsman uh, building up his church taking taking each of the stones each of the living stones and and putting them exactly where he wants them, bringing them together into a spiritual house. It is a wonderful thing to belong to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful thing to belong to a local church, to know that God has, has placed us where he wants us. And, and, and as a skilled craftsman, putting those stones in place. At times, at times there are rough edges that he has to smooth off. God continues to work in the lives of his people that more and more we conform ourselves to his perfect will. God is building his church. We like living stones being built up into a spiritual house as a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god through jesus christ he uses the picture in verse 9 he says that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that 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 beautiful picture we see various places in scripture that before christ and without christ we live in darkness darkness of ignorance and darkness of unbelief darkness a picture of the depth of our sin that we are lost in darkness, and there is nothing we can do about it. It is is God who comes and brings the light. It is God who comes and brings Jesus Christ, this cornerstone elsewhere called the light of the world, who by His power, who by His work, takes us out of that darkness, out of that ignorance, out of that unbelief, and brings us into His spiritual house. What a joy. What a blessing. We have been brought from darkness into light, the light of the Son of God, the light of Jesus Christ. And God continues that work today. He continues building his spiritual house through the proclamation of the gospel through calling out in Jesus' name for those who have not embraced him, who have not known him, to turn away from the darkness, turn away from their sin, and embrace Jesus Christ and be brought to the light. God calls you tonight. If you have never trusted Jesus Christ alone as your Lord, as your Savior, if you have not known him as the cornerstone of your life, he calls you tonight to put your trust in him to leave the ignorance, the unbelief in the darkness, and to come into his glorious light. The pictures God gives us through Peter of the way in which he builds his church. And then in, in verse 10, still talking about building the church, he picks up um, other Old Testament imagery. Perhaps we don't catch it right away. Uh, verse 10, once you were not a people but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. What do I mean he's picking up Old Testament language? He's picking up imagery from the prophet Hosea. Remember kids, about a year and a half ago, we did a series on the minor prophets and the first one was Hosea. The story of Hosea who was called to marry an adulterous woman. And God gives that marriage some children, and one of the children that is born to Hosea and his wife is a daughter, whose name is Lo Ruhamah. It means not having mercy. And another son is born to them, and his name is Lo Ami, not my people. That's the picture that Peter is picking up here. Once you were not a people, once you had not received mercy. The the, the picture in Hosea was to remind them of God's mercy, of God's grace. That yes, they were a people outside of God's covenant family. But he, through Jesus Christ, would bring them in. They are those who, although they once were not a people, are now God's people. Although they had not received mercy, they now have received mercy. They are brought in to be a part of this glorious family, this glorious building. He encourages them, you belong to Christ and you belong to His church. You are part of that spiritual building that God continues to work on. He says that they are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Again, Old Testament language. A royal priesthood. Notice what he says. You are a royal priesthood. In the Old Testament, there were a particular group of people who were called to be priests. Now he says you are. All of you are. All of you are called to offer sacrifices, living sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices, appropriate to God. Not sacrifices to take away your sins, but sacrifices of thanksgiving, offering your lives that you might be pleasing to God because of what he has done for you. And he's going to spell that out in the rest of this letter, particularly what does that look like, a pleasing sacrifice, something acceptable to God. He says, you're called, you're called to offer your life as a pleasing spiritual sacrifice to him. You're a chosen race, you're a royal priesthood, you're a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. You belong to Christ. And your identity is ultimately found in him. Oh, we may have different tasks, we may have different talents, but ultimately our identity is found in the fact that we belong to God. His encouragement to the church, you are chosen, you are precious, you belong to God himself. The glories of Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, the glories of knowing that he is the king and head of his church, and he brings us in as living stones, also chosen, also precious to God, to give the church encouragement. But with that church being encouraged is also a word of warning. He says in verse 7, So the honor is for you who believe. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, a quote from the psalm we read earlier tonight. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of his church. And for those who reject that, for those who mock him, for those who do not believe, they will one day be called to account. And they will see that this one who they rejected, this one who they would not put their faith in, is now shown to be who he is. The cornerstone, the foundation of the church. For those who who have no use for the church, who have no use for gathering with God's people, you're not only rejecting the church, you're rejecting the cornerstone. Christ, the foundation of the church. He warns them. He warns them, well, it's a great joy, a great privilege to be brought in, to know Jesus Christ, to be chosen and precious. It is for those who believe, for those who do not. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And then he says, they stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Peter gives us wonderful encouragement, but also brings a hard teaching as he instructs the church. They stumble because they were disobedient to the word as they were destined to do. Now kids, I've said the word chosen a number of times tonight. We're chosen by God, chosen by God. When we think of the word chosen, we're reminded of God's work in election. That means God chooses who are his own. And 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 if there are those whom God chooses in election, there are also those who he does not choose. And we call that reprobation. Those who are not chosen by God. And it is that doctrine, it is that truth given to us here that, that is so offensive to so many that God chooses some and doesn't choose others. But it's, 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 it's been called a sub-biblical teaching. We shouldn't even read about it, certainly should never talk about it from the pulpit. That God doesn't choose some for salvation. But it's a biblical teaching. It may not to to our minds seem fair, but don't forget our minds are fallen and tainted with sin. We too often have a, 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 a misunderstanding of the nature of election and reprobation. Remember that the elect are chosen out of a fallen mass of humanity, The elect are stones, stones brought together into a biblical house. It is not as if, as if God says, you know, I'm taking gems, I'm taking diamonds, I'm taking emeralds, I'm taking rubies, and I'm crushing them and throwing them out. No one deserves to be a part of the house. We are all destined for the outside, were it not for the work of Jesus Christ. And God, in His love and His mercy, you have received mercy, chooses some for salvation. And He takes stones, that which is ordinary, that which is plain, that which is everyday, and brings them into a beautiful, spiritual house. God is not unfair to leave the reprobate In their sin. When God leaves the fallen in their sin. He is giving them exactly what they deserve. And exactly what they want. They want nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with His church. And God gives them over to their own desires. No one can ever charge God with being unfair. If people ask you about election and reprobation and the fairness of it all, I encourage you to answer with the words of scripture because Paul dealt exactly with this issue in Romans chapter nine. Romans chapter nine, we read this. What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? By no means. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very reason I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then he has mercy on whomever he wills, and he hardens whomever he wills. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? Who can resist his will? This is the answer. But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded Say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make of the same lump one vessel for dishonorable use and another for honorable use? What if God, desiring to show His wrath and to make known His power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of His glory for vessels of mercy? which he has prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. He indeed says in Hosea, those who were not my people, I call my people, and her who was not beloved, I call beloved. When people claim that God is unfair, that God is unjust in election and reprobation, who are we? Who are we to answer back to God? The infinite, the almighty, the great creator of all that there is. If we cannot understand the the intricate ways of God, does that surprise us? We are creatures. We're created. We're limited. No, we simply say with the scriptures who are we to question the perfect plan, will, justice, and mercy of God? The warning goes out. There is a cornerstone of the church Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the one chosen by God, the one precious to God. The one in whom we find our life. He is the cornerstone. We, like living stones, are being brought into this spiritual house, built up as the people of God. It's a wonderful blessing. It's an encouragement to us as God's people. But he says those who would reject, those who would not believe... Don't forget, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. A stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. My friends, do not stumble on the cornerstone tonight. If you have not embraced Jesus Christ, recognize him as the cornerstone, the foundation of his church. May that rock not cause you to stumble or fall. But know Him, the cornerstone, the Son of God, the one on whom the church is built. And know the joy of belonging and being built up yourself. Verse 9, you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, the joy of belonging to the church of Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we are in awe of your grace. We are in awe of your mercy that we who are stones, regular, ordinary, would be brought in as living stones, part of your church, the church of your Son, Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, but God, may, may it be that who we are in Him is our encouragement. We might be going through trials, might be going through difficulties, and yet we belong to you, and we belong to your Son. And we, like living stones, are being built up. Help us, Lord God, to trust you, to find our hope in you, and to know that in you is everything that we need. Thank you for making us members of Jesus Christ and members of his beautiful church. Accept our praise, for we offer our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.